everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He is my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. We got a lot going on today. There's there's a little going on in Russia, so I have heard there's a little going on in the 2024 race. We're gonna set the table on that. I have a you love to hear it. It's been a while, but someone done said something I loved to hear. So I'm excited about that. And we got maybe some food and some sports for you guys. And we love to hear a Vic's Vic food opinion, right? But before that, let's just see how Vic's doing. How are you, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing fine. It's summer, so, you know, it's a great time for me and my son to catch up on movies that he has not yet seen. And he's of an age now that we can actually see almost the same movies together. Mm -hmm. So not quite Pulp Fiction yet. Right. You know, not Boogie Nights (laughs) or whatever. But we did see Commando. The other day, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film from the 1980s with a very young Alyssa Milano, by the way, as her- On whom you have no opinion. No, no, I have no opinion. She was like a a little girl at the time. But this was, interestingly enough, I said, oh, let's watch this version of Commando. My son loves Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's hilarious. And this was the director's cut. So everybody's wondering what could possibly be in the director's cut of Commando. And I found out, so if listeners were ever wondering, it's a scene where Arnold- is holed up in a woodshed and he's surrounded by enemy forces. And the only thing Arnold has to use to defend himself are the, uh, the various garden hose and picks and buzzsaw blades in the woodshed. Oh, and nice. that is the director's cut. And let me tell you something. It is really eye-opening. That is like the, the equalizer. With, with Denzel Washington? Yes, with Denzel Washington. I've never seen it. Oh, you should see it. Really? If you enjoyed that scene. Yes. Okay, let me let wow. me just give you the concept okay. of the equalizer. There's an older gentleman mm-hmm. who finds out that someone, acquaintance, young female acquaintance, is, a, is a threatened okay. by some way, yeah. by a shady group. Sure. And it turns out that this guy has some skills, aside from sitting in a coffee okay. shop, drinking coffee yeah. as yeah. an older gentleman. Oh. And his part-time job is at a Home Depot. Oh, hey. And yeah, that is where yeah, the culminating you... scene um, occurs. Man. Lots of, I wouldn't know what to do, by the way, in that scene. Because it's a Home Depot. I wouldn't know where to go. No. I'd be like, oh I'd my like, gosh. Will this tape measure work? <laughs> I need to get to the Barnes & Noble. That, that, then I can handle that. I, there's I, some I, fantastic yeah. ceramic tile. Yeah, yeah no. I can really, I do some damage I with know this? I wouldn't know what's going on. Mary Catherine, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I, I went to the gym with my husband yesterday. How is how is that? Because I've done that with my wife on a couple occasions, and we just tend to do our own you things. You know, uh, he's not he's not like well. Here's the watching I, you, is he? Oh yeah, of course, of course he is. Like from from Oscar, <laughs> the great form. The great irony is that I have a, a very skilled professional trainer in the house. You do. However, my attitude when I am instructed by the professional trainer in my house is it's not great Vic I got I am you mean you're not like open you're not conducive to I get, the I get the you know Steve just points to the sign of the, uh, in the gym that says no bad attitudes here right every time I every time I get one but I can't help it you know and here's the thing about Steve Steve works very hard in the gym mm-hmm. and if you go to the gym with Steve like he probably thinks he's taking it easy on you but you are also working very hard in the gym wow. right yeah. so Every every time we do something, I think like, oh, this will this will definitely be the last set. It's not the last set, Vic. It's never the last well, set. How many sets does he do? So many, so many, and then I have to do them also. 
okay, because like if I'm doing like a weightlifting set, like I'll I'll do six sets. You're telling I mean, me he does more than six. I don't know how many he does, wow. but to me it feels like many. That's my point. Yes. He's, and he's gonna fact oh, check yeah, me well, when he hears I know, this. No, I'm sure he's also using very large weights. Well, yes, that yeah. too. But I do have to say that we came home and he was like, "You need to take some ibuprofen and you need to soak in the hot tub." And I don't like soaking in the hot oh, tub. Oh yeah, that's I, his thing. But I know it's good for me. <laughs> that's Steve's thing. He's like, "You gotta soak." <laughs> he likes. The and so I did the thing. Okay. And wouldn't you know it? I woke up today and my arms felt fine. Hey. I mean, they're I, a little. I kind of like to have them feel sore, knowing that it reminds me, hey, I did something. Mm. That's what I think. Don't get me wrong. They're definitely a little sore, but they're not they're not incapacitated. Do you ever use any of those leg machines? Yes. I don't really I wonder if that's a, a that's a woman thing cuz Kate does too and I wait for her to use certain ones so I can make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what you want. Like, you are also a very valuable person oh, yes, trainer then. In Just a different for way. The jokes, for in the a different jokes. way. Anyway, so I'm I'm sure that I'm making progress. And I did come out relatively unscathed because of the expert recovery advice of my husband. So he's getting, you know, I'm, 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 I have a bad attitude over here, but now I have a decent. Is attitude. he a big eater after workout thing? I mean, we're big protein. eaters all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like any particular focus on like protein, right? Stuff like that. I'll have chocolate. He has milk. all sorts of yeah. He has all sorts of yeah, like specific things oh, he does. He does but yeah. I, I don't always get very specific. Great to have him here for a special health. In yeah. fitness episode, use for your health. He can tell us about dogs and weightlifting. We're talk forever. Oh, righty. Okay, look, I want to do a state of the 2024 race. You may have noticed Will Hurd got into the race last week. We did not. We did not get around mm-hmm. to mentioning that he's a former Republican representative from Texas. I actually once was on. He's a foreign policy. Yeah, uh, former clandestine interest. officer. Yes, exactly, clandestine services officer. I was once on a panel way back in 2015 with <laughs> Will Hurd. Decades ago. Hold on. With Will Hurd uh-huh. and Tulsi Gabbard. And so I think- Were I think, they both members at the time then? Yes. And okay. I, they were up and coming, up and coming young members. And I just think now is the time to say that I, I guess I need to run for president also. You, yeah. Why not? Like I'm Everybody's the one- Everybody's running. I'm the one left. Clearly Tulsi's done it. Yes. Will's going to do it. So he will be running. Look, I, I think this just expands the field in a way that, again, splits support outside of the Trump vote. Yeah. But he's got something to say, so he's here. But before we get into that part of the, the race, we yes. do have to comment on the alleged criminal conspiracies connected to both major candidates in the race, mm-hmm. or like the, the ones we presume will be the nominees, Trump on the Republican side and Biden, the incumbent president. Breaking news on both of those since we last spoke. And it's all good news, by the way. Oh, so good. You're going to feel great about the nation. Okay. Hunter Biden, a WhatsApp message came out late last week. Now, I I should say alleged. It comes from a whistleblower inside the IRS who was ticked about not being able to investigate in the way that the IRS would generally investigate a person who was under the suspicions that Hunter was. By the way, is the IRS finally going to do us a solid? I'm here for it. Yes. Yes. Anyway, this text message over WhatsApp leaks, or not leaks, came from the whistleblower. It's released by the Jamie Comer oversight guys. And it's it's very explicit about what, at least if this is Hunter Biden, about what Hunter Biden is attempting to do. So let's just get a flavor of it. More than a flavor. Here's the WhatsApp message. It's connected to a bunch of other information. But you tell me, Vic, if this suggests that Hunter Biden was attempting to trade favors. All right. He says to a 
Chinese businessman slash contact in China. I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, who is the contact, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. It sounds so ridiculous that if you were on the other end of that call or the WhatsApp, you would want to just say to this guy, screw you and just ignore this, you know, runt. But in fact, shortly after, mm-hmm. Mr. Zhao sent two checks or deposited in two installments about $5.1 million. Yeah. It was about Here, 10 days after that or something, something yes. along those lines. So they're not denying... Hunter Biden's people are not denying that this is him. No, in fact, his lawyer objects yeah. to how it was released. That's exactly right. And says, look, you know, anything that may or may not be verifiable, verifiable from my client, it's important to remember that he was in a an addled state during this time of his life. That's right. We're gonna That's fo- a non-denial gonna, if I've ever we heard. We're going to focus on the addiction. I'll get to that in a, sec- a second. The other thing is his defenders are going to point out two things. One, you report on the story just as you did just now, the dialogue. And you know what they say? Okay, great. Now do Eric and Donald Trump Jr. We've done them for many years now. Yeah, no, you haven't. Okay, and then the next one is, by the way, this is 2017. Biden was not the vice president at the time, so what's the big deal? Anyone would do this when doing this how business is done? Sure. The other interesting thing is, of course, the other defense is Biden was actually not there. Hunter was faking it, or he was in his crack-addled state, and he thought he was there, but more likely than not, he was bluffing. And that Joe was nowhere there, except, of course, the Washington Free Beacon. Broke little the reporting. Story. Little, little reporting, reporting on this. Because you can get the, the metadata on these photos that place Hunter Biden at the Biden compound in Wilmington, Delaware. And these are photos from the Biden laptop, which is not Russian disinformation. Yes. As, as the FBI knew back in 2019 yeah. Yeah. and didn't do anything about that. So he's there. In the vicinity, perhaps Joe Biden was in the other room making coffee. Yeah. So, see, it everything is, is fine. At the very least, you'd think it'd be something we might ask a few questions about, right? Right. But as I said, I was on a Media Buzz with Howie Kurtz this weekend and noted, like, the press and the investigative arms of the government have endless energy for looking into all sorts oh, yeah. of Rube Goldberg mm-hmm. fascinations about how... how how the Trumps definitely were connected to some thing, which it turns out they weren't. So we fabricated some stuff to make sure that they are. And then with Hunter, we cannot just Occam's razor anything. He sends this text. They don't deny the text. His father seems to have been at least in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. And we have like no questions about this. By the way, I do want to point out one of the reasons we know that that money came to Hunter Biden shortly after this text message was sent is because Ron Johnson was doing an investigation in the Senate in 2019 and 20 that all of the press was saying, this is disgusting, I can't believe they're doing this. And yet, let me actually, let me read the the headline from the New York Times in 2020 when their report came out on this. Mm-hmm. The report delivered on Wednesday appeared to be little more than a rehashing of unproven allegations that echoed a Russian disinformation campaign. Well, Wait one second. Then this week, Kenneth Vogel of the New York Times cited that very investigation 
with the information that this money had come in shortly after the text's date. So I would just suggest that if the press doesn't want to be three years behind Ron Johnson in investigating things, perhaps they could look into them when they seem suspicious in the beginning instead of telling us that it's Russian, Russian disinformation and nonsense. The whole thing about Hunter Biden intimidating these, I believe it's CFC China executives, yes. it's too obvious for them to investigate. That's the thing. They like a challenge. I was they like to create something. I was thinking They're of- They're artists, yes, really. I was thinking of a, a mainstream headline from when Trump was president, and I don't know if you remember this, and the headline was, what if Trump was a Russian asset since the 1980s? Okay. And, you know, so much ink is spilled on that, by the way. <laughs> also, it's, you know what else is interesting is the timing. So I believe for former vice presidents, you get Secret Service protection for about six months, mm -hmm. and then they're gone. And this takes place a little bit after they just left, I think, the Secret Service. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a little conspiracy for you. I'm just going to throw that in there. But I'm just saying it is, the timing is interesting. The other thing I wanted to talk about was Nick Kristoff's column. Oh, yes. Because his emphasis is on- Oh, please, let's talk about yes. this. Yes. So people are talking about what Hunter did and whether his dad knows, right? right? Because for us, the question is not whether or not he was vice president. Obviously, he was no longer vice president. But the fact that he had lied in the first place by saying that he has no knowledge of his son's business dealings whatsoever. And I think we all find that hard to believe now. He's still doubling down on this mm -hmm. and saying no. He's done nothing wrong. He knows no. nothing he told about Jackie it. Heinrich, no. But the Nick Kristoff angle is, you know what this story really shows you? The awfulness of addiction. Mm -hmm. Why don't we have better addiction treatment programs? And that the one thing that was able to save Hunter was the love of his father. That is so beautiful. Yeah, excuse me. I got that is yeah. so beautiful. Because so it is an every man's story. Yes, uh, yes. Look, who that, among us? Right. Yeah. That you are oh. the son of the vice, the, a senator or vice president and then president, that you trade on his name the entirety of that time with a, a portfolio of companies and issues that just just coincidentally overlap with your very powerful fathers and then you become a drug addict and you still do all of that work during that time when you were severely compromised you document all those crimes that you're involved yep. with to an extensive degree at which point the intelligence committee and the media conspire to tell everyone that in fact your documented crimes are russian disinformation and then a couple years later you get a really sweet plea bargain so i think and go to a state dinner that night so yes. i think it is a reflection on how addicts could be treated in this country, right? I think it's a it's a plausible government program that we could start where everyone gets the treatment of one Hunter Biden. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Well, you too I'd sleep can on go the on. I'd sleep on the Hunter Biden Air Force One, the supposed Hunter Biden cot, and Air Force One. Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying maybe we could Occam's Razor this stuff occasionally, yep. but we're not allowed to. Okay. Another update. Yeah, I was going to say, and if you think we're just going to focus on one oh, side Oh, no. Here. Oh, no, friend. We have another update. This one about Trump's criminal problems, the classified document issues. This specifically about, remember we talked about the alleged audio. incident where there's allegedly audio of Trump pulling out a classified document that is perhaps a Pentagon-provided plan for attacking Iran. And he pulls it out for the ghostwriter for Mark Meadows's autobiography or uh, right autobiography mm -hmm. and or memoir, and he says, you know, 
I wasn't the warmonger. These mm-hmm. guys were the warmonger. Look at this plan. This is what they gave me. Okay. Well, Brett Baer asked him about that yeah. moment in his his interview with him. So let's hear what, what Trump has to say. I couldn't do could that. That wasn't a document, that. Brett. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories. Okay, great. I Look, I looked at the transcript. I listened to his interview. I thought, okay, is it possible that this is just a pile of newspapers and he's referring to the Millie stories and he's not pulling up something classified look i think it's unlikely because it sounds like he's talking about something classified mm-hmm. well now we have the audio of the actual incident here it is played on cnn we have obtained what is expected to be a central piece of the government's case against donald trump the actual audio recording recording of the former president talking as if he's showing a highly classified document on u.s war plans against iran with people not clear to even know it exists let alone what's in it In a moment, only on CNN, you will hear what jurors will hear one day. The recording was made two summers ago, July 2021, at the former president's club in Bedminster, New Jersey. You will clearly hear the former president as he is speaking to several people. According to the special counsel's indictment, they include a writer working on Mark Meadows' memoir, the publisher, and two of Trump's staff members. The president was aware he was being recorded. This is the first time it is being played publicly. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> send it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. Did. Oh, this was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably, right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. See, as president, I could have declassified yeah. it. Now I can't, you know, but this is yeah, classified. Now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I'm look, we here and I have a, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's incredible. It. Right? No, hey, bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. I mean, now I believe him also. I definitely believe him on one particular thing, which is calling Anthony Weiner the pervert. Yes, I believe that is 100% accurate. That is 100% accurate. So I think that if you are his defenders, you're going to say, look, he's not under oath. 
He can say whatever he wants. Great. He he had reasons to lie, and it's not going to change. I don't think this changes at all the amount of support he's been getting post-indictment. No, I don't think so Where he is now crushing the competition in the Republican primaries, not in the general, by the way, where he now comes up short against Biden. But certainly in the primaries, people much still prefer him over any of the other candidates. But it is disconcerting when he talks about, quote, highly confidential secret information, you know, especially if it's being published in the Wall Street Journal or foreign policy, whatever those papers are on his desk. Yeah. You know, the uh... I mean, this is the the challenge we face. And this is new NBC polling on 2024, which shows that indeed a large majority of Republican voters think this is all a political witch hunt and that they should stand behind Trump, which honestly, even though I think it's very obvious that in his own words, he's screwed up here, both done the original thing and then lied Mm -hmm. about it. I understand people's skepticism and unwillingness to go there because of the body of work, shall we say, Mm -hmm. by the DOJ, by the media, by the intelligence community when it comes to investigating Trump. This one seems like you don't need to believe the feds. You can just believe Trump. Yeah. However, there's a large majority who are just like, no, nah, I'm not listening to that. So DeSantis is pulling, what, in the 20s? Yeah. And, He's doing uh, worse now, DeSantis. Right. And Trump in the what, 50-ish like range. Yeah. Then you have a majority of voters, particularly independent voters, who have a problem with Trump's, poss- Trump's indictment and who think that Biden's age and infirmity, obvious age and infirmity, yeah. we're now polling it. So let's I guess we've gotten to the point where this is true. And it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. I mean, you're not not allowed to say it. They have a huge problem with that. Mm -hmm. And yet we are being sort of inexorably driven toward both of these candidates. A a repeat of 2020. It's fantastic. They, you know, Biden clearly wants Trump to be the nominee because that's who he can beat. Right. He can't beat DeSantis. I don't think I don't think he can beat a lot of these candidates. Trump wants it to be him versus Biden. So you have two forces who have are have share the same interest of wanting it to be about Trump. And they both want the whole discussion to revolve around Trump. Trump loves to talk about himself. He's happy to talk about this. Oh, yeah. They certainly don't want it to be a discussion about, I don't know, Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it, that is a problem. And people are talking about this, you know, the Espionage Act. Vivek Ramaswamy, another presidential candidate, had an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today saying that it's a terrible act and it's being wrongly applied for Donald Trump. Fine, but it's still, the way things stand now, a pretty bad situation for Trump to be in regarding the Espionage Act because of this audio. Uh Uh-huh. The audio does seem to be a problem. Yeah. Much like like when Hunter Biden put his nonsense in writing, this guy was knowingly recorded saying this. They can't help themselves. They really can't. I, I, I do think... And the, the only way, reason, by the way, the only reason Biden's not in writing doing all this is cause, probably because he can't use WhatsApp. Okay, so like, oh yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. So we now have about a dozen Republican candidates in this race, right? right. You mentioned Will Hurd. I can't help but think that the, this, by the way, includes a former vice president who, under other circumstances, would be the top dog. Yes, right. Somebody he's pulling, who, he's pulling seven ish ish, and I'm not sure I even believe yeah. that. Seems high. I think with all these candidates, the reason why they're in it, you know, you have to say what separates you from the field. I mean, you could talk about any number of little things, whether it be your foreign policy, if you're Nikki Haley or, you know, service to the intelligence community, I guess, if you're Will Hurd. 
I think they're just trying to raise enough money to get them through to next year. And they're all assuming, like other people I've spoken to, that Donald Trump will not be the nominee by the time you get to 2024. Because if he's gone because of this, mm-hmm. this trial, which, by the way, is now postponed to December 11, so we see where this is going. It's going to be postponed to December 11. That if he's gone, then the field is wide open. Right. And then it's anybody's game. But I don't see a scenario in which he's gone. Even if he's in jail, he's still yes. there. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a uh, Chicago or By the way, a little tid- yeah. tidbit from this NBC News polling for us, you know, charter members yes. of the Kamala Harris fan club. Oh, yes. 49% of registered voters have a negative view of Vice President Kamala Harris compared to 32% with a positive view. The negative 17, she's 17 underwater, is the lowest for a vice president in the history of the poll. Do you know why that is, Mary? <laughs> you, Mary Catherine, do you know why that is? Why? Oh, because we're racist and sexist. Yes. It's yeah. the way, I believe the word is the way we're metabolizing her firstness. <laughs> is that That's how they that say, yes, that, yes, that somebody said that. A uh, common defendant. That so is the a... way we're metabolizing, look it up, Jennifer, metabolizing her firstness uh-huh. as a first black woman uh-huh. okay vice okay. president and that's why she gets such low ratings because yeah. we hate her so much but, i believe yeah you know, i'm sure I, we'd feel the same way if it was condy rice oh of course kjp taking a similar tack this week Oof. declaring herself a historical figure yes to, yes she to, is. to evade the fact that she is historically bad at this job <laughs> yes historically the worst press secretary <laughs> did you see her did we play her not answering questions about hunter oh, we should put that Let's put it in here because it's astounding. I sent Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and the decision making of why uh, the president decided to invite I, us. I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get Let into it. Let me ask you this. If, if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, a, co- a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a, he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. As it relates to anything uh, uh, related to, uh, to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here. Can I follow up on that? Okay. No, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? It's not, not a reasonable question to ask no, with the President I, of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealing by a son. Is that something, <clears throat> if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of my, what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D- and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will. What I can tell you is, I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no? Was the president involved in the? I just answered. Stephen. Stephen. I just answered the question. I just said. I just. This is. It's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answered the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleague said from the White House counsel so we have it? I would, I, would, I would refer you to them and they will share their statement with all of you. My question is about is your statements from that podium. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. 
and you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You, asked, you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Go ahead. Karine, have you spoken to the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House Council. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. Did the president speak with the attorney general at all? I can't. I, I, I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation with the attorney general last night. What I can refer you to is the White House Counsel's Office as it relates to the uh, allegations. Uh, they've already addressed this. This is something for them to deal with. I refer you to the Department of Justice on anything else if you don't want to speak to the White House Counsel's Office. Even Peter Baker at the New York Times trying to get her to answer. And now, she won't even read a statement from the, just, from the, the White House Counsel. Yeah. Which that's the statement yeah. you're supposed to give to the press. And she's like, no, I'm just I'm not going to do that. You what, what did she just tell the press? You can't you can't tell me how to answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little it's not up to just you. A little bit defensive. Yeah. You know, she's a historical figure. Real quick, well, quick little tidbits. I, I did hear did read up a little bit on Tim Scott actually gaining yeah. a bit of momentum in Iowa, which makes sense. He's a Southern evangelical mm -hmm. Republican, mm -hmm. which is a nice fit for the voters of Iowa, I think his positive message is one that, unlike almost anyone else in the race at this point, has the ability to mm -hmm. make a moment. He yeah. made a moment for himself on The View. You have to be able to make these moments. Yeah, he um, did well. He fended himself. It's, and so that, it's not easy. That is interesting to me. By contrast, uh, there's a Politico piece about DeSantis not really competing in New Hampshire at the moment where right. they thought was a place where he could yeah. make a splash. Yeah. So for Tim Scott, there is good news and bad, right? One is that he appears to have a very good ground game in Iowa, and he's coming up in polls as everybody's favorite second choice, right. which is a weird kind of thing to say, but... There are worse places to be. Yes, that's right. So we all know who the first is, but everybody's favorite second choice at about 12%. Uh, he also has a lot of money. And he has a lot of money. That's yeah. right. He's very good at raising money. But you know who else had a great ground game in Iowa is Pete Buttigieg. And I think about, you know... R.I.P. Pete yeah. Buttigieg's Iowa win. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that, that story got buried. Oh, dude. That, because I, of all the, the fiasco. Is, it was a technical is, fiasco. This is perhaps one of the few times I've felt sorry for Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. I was like, This was his moment. And Ooh. you have to, and you know, you got to capture that momentum. No, this and is, there's this nothing. Is, like, winning a primary is so much about momentum. And he got the most momentum you could get. And they just totally Fizzle. effed up. Yeah. counting so that they didn't know he won till what like a week later yeah by the time that they were able to announce that he had technically like, won bt doves buddha judge won yeah. and nobody yeah. cared anymore we had all moved on yeah oops and you think about other people who have won iowa mike huckabee rex santorum right you know not always a not always and a kingmaker and so i mean it's like okay you do that but most people a lot of candidates will now intentionally skip iowa i think trump is doing that and just focusing on New Hampshire. 
This is a really interesting problem for Ron DeSantis then, because he seems to want to win New Hampshire, but he's not doing very well. And there was this ladies' luncheon right. that he's You can't skipped. cross the ladies' luncheon? Yet? No, don't F with the ladies' luncheon. That's what I said. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like not showing up to Spring Fling. Right. What? You have to no. be there. I, I think, look, with all of these things, the, the race is young, mm-hmm. but the race gets old quickly, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. You, you feel like you have all this time in a race until all of a sudden you don't. Mm-hmm. So all of these little stories do add up. However, I am loath to just say like, oh, Trump's got this on lock at the very beginning. But look, people have to start prosecuting the case against him Yeah, or else... You will not. You gotta. You gotta right. take the king out to beat the king. I yeah, that's right. And I'd like to know who Governor Sununu is going to endorse. That'll be interesting. At the moment, Trump is plus thirty four in New Hampshire. That's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. DeSantis is in the midst of a temporary ad freeze in New Hampshire, so he needs to do better. And Tim Scott needs to do better right now. I think he's only getting three percent in South Carolina, which is his state. Yeah. So well, he's, they're you know, splitting that South Carolina vote yeah. between uh, Nikki Haley and him, but. There's there's two ways. I mean, there's two ways to go about this, right? One way is you, you get the momentum going. If you start to win one and then the other, then it snowballs and then you can't be stopped, right? right? Exactly. George W. Bush or whoever. Or, you know, but, if the if the party decides you. that you need to yeah. win, they just give they you just South Carolina like they did to Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingmakers like <laughs> that's Clyburn. The, that's the neat way that the that's Democrats right. sometimes right. do it. Or yeah. you can be a contender who says, I'm going to take my first and last stand in one state. And yeah, this which is where doesn't that's doesn't usually work terrible out. gamble it's like giuliani in florida it's a but terrible idea. again and this is a, a, a reason to just hold out a little bit on making like finite or sure. final predictions i ran into mccain in the airport in phoenix mm-hmm. at the lowest moment of his campaign before he got that nomination and he was flying by himself i believe coach because he was in the he, he was in the same section yeah. as i was and I chatted with him in the gate area for a little while, and he was just kind of handicapping the race as if he were someone who were not in the race. That's great. And at that point in the race, he was the clear loser of that race. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, like people thought they were going to be like selling off the campaign right. bus for parts in 2008 at any, at any moment in 2008. And he's just shooting it with me in the Phoenix airport. Yeah. And then and then he rose like a phoenix. And I'm not saying that I'm the reason. But once again, you happen to be at the right place at the you right know, time. You're like Zelig. Maybe I am. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Anyway, that's it. We got 20, okay. 2024. That's Conspiracy it. theories. Yeah. I mean, uh, Vivek, cr- there was a mean cartoon oh, about Vivek. Yes, I do want to get yeah, into yeah, this because yeah, we yeah. <laughs> have we ever talked about Vivek? He, oh, by the way, yes. Listeners might not know, but he's running for president. Okay. Yes, yes. True. It's true. We should catch everyone up on that. He's running for president. An Iowa newspaper apologized for yeah. a really disgusting cartoon they ran this is well, let me find the name of the newspaper this is the quad city times yeah. in iowa and on their opinion page there's a picture of vivek ramaswamy with a 2024 mm-hmm. sign behind him he's at a podium and he says hello my maga friends and the maga friends say yell at him show us your birth certificate and muslim and get me a slushy apu which if you'll notice is, is not actually a reflection on the alleged racism of Republican voters is a reflection on the racism of the person who drew this cartoon Mm -hmm. and then the people who published it. So Vivek rightly called it out. By the way, he's Hindu, not Muslim. (laughs) It's like, you know, just, just to. I'm, 
Yeah. In order to show off, in order, in order to call out someone else on their racism, you have to be super racist. That is a problem. The So the paper you said, the paper apologized yes, for this. Did. I'm surprised they did not go on the defensive because as offensive as it is, I'm, I understand their leftist mentality, their liberal mentality, which is, we're not saying Vivek Ramaswamy, we're not, we're not calling him all these mean things. We're saying that these the Republicans, right the right wing, call him that, yes. and he's a fool yeah. to be running as a minority. But this is just as the a Republican, because right? exactly because all Republicans are racist, and this is how they think. And we know, we know better. We know how these people are. Right. That's what. Well, that's what it is. But it's all. It all they comes down to the. All figured out. It all comes down to the Uncle Tom. Yeah. That's right. Argument. You're not. A, Scott. You're not a real black man. You're not a real woman. No. You're not a real yeah. gay man or a yeah. lesbian. You're yeah. not. You're not if a you, real yeah. Indian we American. Will discount, we will or discount. Asian American. We will discount you, for you know, right. because you're not one of us. Well, and which that is insane. that in and of itself is not mm-hmm. just mean spirited and like un American because people are allowed to believe different things. It's mm-hmm. racist. Okay. Not all people yeah. of one color have to believe the same thing. I have a a real America quiz question for you. Uh oh. Yes. Can you? Will name, I pass? That's a good question. Maybe Jennifer knows. Can you name the Quad Cities? Oh gosh. Probably not. You do it. Moline. Okay. Rock Island, Bettendorf, and Davenport. Oh my gosh! Wow. And the reason I would I know, never have known that because I was there on a riverboat, no less. Casino uh, did not win. Oh, nice. <laughs> Speaking of other things that you know and I don't, let's talk about oh, Russia. Hey. Okay, well, relatively <laughs> speaking, Mary what? Catherine, I'm what not, is even all the, even the experts? Everybody wants to weigh in on the Russia thing. And it's like, okay, well, let's slow down because well, you know, I, we don't, I, what, I slowed down. Everyone's like, oh, this is it. Coup's happening. And I you read know? like three Wikipedia entries. So I feel quite well versed at That's this good. point. No. So th- all of a sudden over the weekend, it was like coup in Russia and yeah. this mercenary group. Yeah. Is it pronounced Wagner or Wagner? I was, well, you're asking me, so you know the <laughs> answer is going to be Wagner. The Wagner Group. Wagner Group was a mercenary yeah, group. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you know, next stop Moscow, they're going like, what? What's happening here? Well, they're like, they're rolling into- And suddenly there was a detour sign, and then they went out west to Belarus. And it's like, yeah. okay. So they were rolling into, pretty pretty uncontested, one of- Crazy. One of Russia's larger cities, right? It's Somebody- Rostov on Don. So crazy that people are calling a false flag. Oh. So someone made the comparison, which I find helpful, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but- that the U.S., for instance, would go to Mexico to reclaim the Baja Peninsula and Tijuana, right? Uh-uh. And that we would use a mercenary group to do so, or like Blackwater. Mm-hmm. And then Blackwater would just decide to turn around and come back and take San Diego. That that is a yeah a metaphor yes, for what they happened back, And here. all of a sudden, they turned around and did that. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. By the way, if that ever happened, I am moving to Cabo San Lucas. That's where we're <laughs> once it's Once it's secure, because it's not secure now. It's too once dangerous. Once we have it. I think it's too dangerous. So this is interesting. So Prigozhin is the head of this Wagner group, which is the mercenary army that Putin is employing. Yeah. And is Prigozhin uh, the founder of that yes. group? Okay. And he's been pretty upset, and he's been airing the his grievances in videos. And at first, you're, I'm thinking, well, is this whole thing staged? And I don't know what the whole plan of Putin's plan is. But obviously, it, it took a turn when he decided that he was going to turn his forces around rather than stay in Ukraine and head up towards Moscow. And in fact, they entered Rostov-on-Don and they were welcomed with open arms. Interesting. 
they supposedly took down one attack helicopter, maybe a jet, but otherwise there was no there was no air support, right? Which is really odd. Again, this is part of everyone's questioning about whether or not this was a false flag. All, but in any event, rather than go all the way up to Moscow, he ends up saying he's going to Lukashenko offered him yeah. a safe haven. Never mind, we're off to Belarus. Yes, to Belarus. So the Wagner Group and Prigozhin are now at the moment in Belarus, and Putin has issued a pardon for Prigo- Prigozhin. You almost got taken down, and your reaction to the issue a pardon, again, very weird. But that said, if it were some sort of a false flag operation, it's not exactly confidence-inspiring. No. I'm going to stage it to look like I almost got toppled. But you know, didn't. I'm going to stage it so that it's going to look like, you know, enemy forces are the closest they've been to Moscow since, I don't know, 1941. Right. You know? And- well, it sounds like uh, it's also a little iffy because it sounds like the Russian people have some admiration for Prigozhin, who has yes. been very, at least, cora- what does that put them? a bit courageous and, well, mercenary in mm-hmm. his uh, in yeah. his approach yeah. to fighting in Ukraine. He's on video on all these viral videos saying they're not giving me what I need right. to, to actually win this. And then at one point he claims that the Russians are killing him because That's right. there's there's the, and his troops, there's rift between the traditional military and, and the I'm Wagner not sure. I, and it was unclear to me if they were if Prigozhin said that the Russians were killing them in the middle of a, a friendly fire incident or if they were just <laughs> killing them because I believe he thinks they were targeting him or that targeting was the message because they're an uncontrolled mercenary group. Yes. You know, my Who advice, they wanted to bring under the military and that was not happening. Let me say my advice to Putin if he's listening to this show is next time if you're going to get mercenaries, get Hessians, the ones that came here. <laughs> right, right. Those, those <laughs> the, are the ones you The need. Battle of Trenton, get the Hessians. All right. What, so that's, so the, what, what's interesting is actually the demands, right? So the demands are, you know, for the, the treatment and the welfare of his soldiers, which is kind of odd considering the last time there was like an invasion of, you know, Russia, it was for world domination. Right. And this time it's for, I don't know, maybe lower my deductibles. I don't you know, know, my better a, health benefits. It's I don't a know. different era. It's a different but, era. And they also wanted the Minister of Defense, Shoigu, to step down. That hasn't happened yet. So we'll, we'll, we, will, we, will, we will keep you apprised. Shoigu is a longtime member of Putin's inner circle, the Siloviki. And it's a very interesting name. It's, it sounds almost Japanese. Yes. And it's because he's part of this like indigenous Siberians. Ah, uh, I was wondering. Uh, like, yeah. Kultuvans. Very interesting. Okay. All right. We have a, you love to hear it. Yes, yes. Are you yes, guys yes. ready for this one? This is an Axios. Larry Fink, who's head of BlackRock, the fund, which manages $9.2 trillion, he says he's no longer using the term ESG, which is the shortened version of environmental, social, and governance, the the sort of term that everyone gets their social points for Mm -hmm. in the the, uh, BlackRock funds. And he further said, this is Aspen Ideas Festival, that he was ashamed of being part of this conversation. Now- he later backtracks and says, say, never, are, never mind, I didn't mean I was ashamed. Right. However, what's interesting to me is it sounds like Republicans did the thing and conservatives did the thing where they notice what's going on again. And it's ticked some people off, including Larry Fink, who is now unable to reach, like, reconfigure how all investing is done in the U.S. and how capitalism is done in the U.S. with conservatives noticing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He finds that annoying. And so he's ashamed to be part of this conversation, which I think his his allegation would be that it was unnecessarily politicized by everyone else. He says when he writes these investment letters, it's never meant to be a political statement. 
They were written to identify long-term issues to our long-term investors, he told the crowd. And then later in the interview, he said, I never said I was ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I do believe in conscientious capitalism. He also admits, like, notch a win for old Ron DeSantis here, that DeSantis taking their state pension yeah. parts of their funds out of BlackRock hurt him. A number of states. A number of states have done that. And I'm glad to hear him admitting that that's a problem yeah. because that's how you get these people to chill out is you hurt them financially. Well, Florida, they took out what amounts to about $2 billion yes. in BlackRock managed state assets. So that was a big deal. Yeah. West and Virginia so has done it. Yeah. There's a couple others. So it's got it. his attention. I can't help but think that the only reason why he's saying that, oh, you know, it's being exploited by the far left and the far right. And yes, still in exploited. Capitalism. What what he's saying is, I was wondering if we could make any you know more money and get more influence by going into ESG, and if so, I'm going to be all for it. I don't read investment letters. You know, everyone gets these things in the mail. If you have, if you invested in some sort of fund or your 401k is, you get all these the Franklin Fund, Templeton, whatever it is. It's probably worth reading, I guess. But one of the things is, you know, he set into motion this you know obsession that all these corporations now have for what he calls conscientious capitalism, yep. but what amounts to basically is a very woke report card. And these companies, you know, they have to, they, they want to tout, oh, you know, we got all A's on that one. Meanwhile, the yeah, pension funds, please. especially in places oh, that are governed can't. by Republicans, right. are like, wait, you're supposed to be making money for our people. No. You're not supposed to be paying attention to this stuff. And right. so they've been pulling. They No, because the, the idea of the conscientious capitalism was we don't have to make a lot of money. We just... Right. You know, we want to do what's right and what we believe mm -hmm. is right. Which means, means in the case of money, then, okay. West Virginia in particular, it was like, we're, we're, oh, not, you know, we're, pu we're pulling out of out of uh, yeah. energy stocks yeah. and, and coal. coal. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, no, you're not. Not with yeah. our money, you're not. Yeah. So, so I'm glad to hear that he feels some pain from that. Yeah. But I would keep your eye on it because he just says he's not going to use ESG anymore, which yeah. means he's just going to be called something I else. I really don't believe he is. <clears throat> We'll get a new name for this fad Sincere soon. or genuine about that. All right, one last thing. Let's close yeah. very quickly yeah. with the pizza wars. Right, here we go. Okay, this is this is from the New York Post. So, you you know, it's like ground zero yeah, for, for pizza making. Mm -hmm. We are like, these are the experts. Mamma mia, historic Big Apple pizza joints could be forced to dish out mounds of dough yeah, under a proposed city edict targeting pollutant spewing coal and wood-fired ovens, the Post has learned. The New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice carbon emissions by up to 75%. Quote, all New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air and wood, and coal-fired stoves are, and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. Really? Really? The pizza ovens are the problem? Mary Catherine, these pie makers are really cheesed off. <laughs> Let me just say, it's kind of a half-baked idea any way you slice um. it. Okay, I put that on Twitter, so I'm just copying myself. No, again, the idea that, you know what, if we uh, shut down these ovens, that'll totally offset what's going on in oh, China and India completely. with the coal and those coal-fired you know, plants. So uh, everyone, and, and you'll be happy. You'll feel good about yourself with your crappy pizza. Well, they said the magic words, this common sense rule. Oh, yeah. yeah. A common sense well, rule. Yeah. No, it's, it's understood. Devel it's understood. Developed with restaurant and environmental justice groups. Oh, well, then it mm -hmm. must be reasonable. Requires a professional review of whether installing emission controls is feasible. The rule could require pizzerias with such ovens installed prior to May 2016 to buy pricey emission control devices. With with the owner of one Brooklyn joint saying he's already tossed 20000 on on air fil filter system in anticipation of the new oh. mandate. 
you know, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Ron de, de fascist. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're like, you can't have pizza. Oh, right. You, like, we're yeah. going to we're going to yeah. ruin your pizza. The left says yeah, and everyone's seem, like, that's not seen as fascist. That's not a problem. No, because we're doing what's best for you. Uh huh. I just got to I, I got to hope that the people of New York City revolt against Instead, the idea yeah. of their pizza being Enough ruined. Being, because it will be ruined. That, you know, the ovens and the water, which is very important, make New York pizza the best pizza in, in, in the world. That's my opinion. Um, um, I'm from Jersey, so Jersey's also equally great. Mayor Adams, by the way, also doubled down and said that, no, I, I'm, I'd rather just give me a vegan pizza any day. Oh, my said. gosh. He doesn't know from nothing. You, yeah. Get out of and here Co- with that. And, and Cory Booker is the same way. He prefers these weird non-pizza pizzas. You're, you know, yeah. just. No. Okay. Carol, Carol, by the way, one of our friends who writes for the New York oh. Post, Carol Markowitz, yes. took me to Defara ah. one time, and I got real nice treatment just by luck. We happened to waltz right in there and get a pie immediately instead of waiting in a line of like 50 deep. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> just, I hit it right. Did you say, do you know who I am? No, Carol was like, this is a problem because now you're going to think that you can just walk into Defara's and get a pizza. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that that wasn't how that worked. It was delicious. Uh, it was many years ago, but uh, let's let's not ruin the oven, the mm. ovens, please. Let's not ruin them. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, and also please follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram, and you will find us on video saying all of our quirky and clever things. Don't you want to see that? Admit it, Vic. You want to see that. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.